who do we have? Perfect. All right, so I am doing my first live video while recording my podcast. So you guys have a insider look on how I record. And then I'm going to get into some stuff about my training career because I got a lot of questions about it. And I am doing a Facebook Live here and an Instagram Live here. So if you guys have questions or comments, you can throw them in. So I'm going to do a little intro like I always do for my podcast and we'll go from there. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Cut the Shit, Get Fit. I'm your host, Rafael Matuszewski, and today I am going solo and... As always, I'm going to start out with some shout-outs to my listeners, because almost every single week, I get uh, three new cities that are my top listeners. So number one is Layton, Utah. Shout-out to those guys. Number two, again, I'm going international. It's London, England. Shout-out to them. And number three is Portland, Oregon. Shout-out to those guys. So I am going to get started, and... um, kind of start and talk about how I first got into the industry. So I had a couple people reach out, actually a handful of people reaching out the past couple months about questions of, you know, how did I first get into the industry? What did, you know, like what certifications did I take? What do I do for continuing education? And, you know, I tried to message every single person I tried to, give them the best answer, but you know, I was just thinking to myself, you know what, I've had this question a bunch of times, why not record a whole episode about it and give all my like cliff notes of my career to all the new trainers or people getting into the industry for the first time and what to do and what not to do. So um, I think the best way to start is kind of my little background of my story. So. Uh, The people who've been following me, they've probably heard this a bunch of times, but I'm going to say it again. Um, The way I got into the industry was, you know, in high school, I used to be overweight, uh, decided to kind of take health into my own hands and did everything possible to lose my weight and keep it off. So I ended up losing 60 pounds. And when people started noticing, people said, hey, why don't you train me? And that's when it kind of clicked into my head that I should get into the industry. Um, So the moment I graduated high school, I went and got my certification, um, which is a certification here in Canada, in my province of British Columbia, called the BCRPA, which just legally allows me to uh, train people. But if I had to pick a certification, that one is like... It's it doesn't it's nothing. It doesn't really it it doesn't have anything to it. Like anybody can go take a textbook, study it, and pass the exam. It's just like any other certification out there that you can find online. But I told this to another person, like the NS uh, NSCA certification is kind of like the gold standard of certifications out there because if you have a degree, which I'm going to get into in a bit. Um, You can get your CSCS, which is like another gold standard. But again, in my opinion, a lot of, you know, certifications don't really mean that much 
because as a coach, you can be the most qualified person in the world. You can have PhDs, masters, a list of certifications and conferences you went to, but if you can't communicate to the client in front of you and you're as interesting as a doorknob, you're not gonna really make it in this industry. But the best thing to do is to start with um, a basic certification that just allows you to train people legally. And from there, um, venture off into different avenues. So I wanted to bring up the whole idea of a university degree. So I personally do not have my own um, degree in anything. And I've had clients ask me like, oh, why don't you get your kinesiology degree, your human kinetics degree? And I tell them the same thing. Um, you know, I could, but I would be doing the exact same thing I'm doing now. And a lot of coaches that I've met um, where I live that have a kinesis degree or human connects degree that do exactly the same thing with me, they all told me it's a useless degree unless you go into a physio or chiro. And I already knew from the beginning that I didn't want to go into physio school or chiro school because it just didn't appeal to me. Because my ultimate vision and goal when I first started in this industry was to help as many people as possible. And when I first was introduced to this world, the idea of group training to have, you know, three to four people or a group of 20 people and like a giant kind of boot camp thing allows me to help more people than being a physio or chiro where you can only treat one person at a time. And in a day, you'd only see, I don't know, say 10 people at the most. Whereas if you are a full, um, a full time trainer and you had a full day of training, you could probably see up to 40 people if you're doing big groups. So that's my whole thing. I'm not saying that, you know, university degrees are useless, but it, it really depends on the person, right? Like I know some people that are so hungry for knowledge and they do really well in the academic side and they like the idea of getting a degree in whatever it is just to have it you know with them and it does allow you to open other doors so for an example if your you know ultimate goal as a coach is to train a professional football team hockey team whatever it is a degree is like a bare essential right if you look at college football teams so i'm a huge oregon ducks fan and if you look at the list of staff, they all have a university degree and now it's going on to, you know, a master's degree in human movement, human kinetics or whatever it is in order just to get a job like that. So if you are looking down the road where you want to be a strength and conditioning coach for a professional team or a semi-private team or whatever it is, then that's kind of the route you should go. And the other thing is that if you're a person that really enjoys research and the stuff that goes in in that realm, then having a degree, a master's degree, and then getting your PhD is where you want to go down to because if you wanted to conduct your own research and get funding, you need to get your own PhD in whatever field you are in. And one of the coaches I know, he has a master's and he's really passionate about cystic fibrosis and he wants to be kind of the lead man in that industry and he can't get funding because he only has a master's degree and i only found this out this past year and i didn't even know that and i thought you know 
if you knew the right people, you could get um, whatever funding you wanted to do. But essentially, you need to have a huge academic record in order to do your own research. So if that's something you want to get into, I highly suggest going down the route of getting degrees. But if you're like me, where you just want to train general population and kind of go down that route, a degree is not necessary. So I always kind of make the joke that, you know, if I did get a degree, I'd be doing the same thing, just, you know, $40,000 in debt. So at least I have that advantage where I'm not, you know, crippled by debt from school and I can go down different avenues. So if you're someone that's looking to go down the route of not a degree, get certified in order to train people legally, and then go down different avenues of um, certifications, um, conferences, and things like that, then this is where I look at my industry where there's a lot of opportunity to learn. Because even when you get a degree, that four years after you're done, it's like you don't know a lot. You don't know honestly anything like the actual learning starts after a degree. So I was having this discussion with um, a person interested getting into the field and they asked me like, what would I do um, now that I've been in the industry for now, you know, eight years? Like what would my steps be? And I thought about this uh, for a while and if it was up to me, I would actually, if I went back in time, I would you know, apply to be an intern at two places. I would apply to be an intern at Mike Boyle Strength and Conditioning out in Boston. And they take interns, I think, every quarter, I believe, or every season. I think it's like winter, spring, and summer or something like that. And in this internship, like if you do not know what Mike Boyle Strength and Conditioning is, it's one of the best, best hands down training facilities in the world and they probably have 500 athletes per day that go through that gym and you get to experience how to train people how to train groups know learn the insides and outs of everything and they have such a great program and structured program of you know getting you through day one where you don't know anything and by the end of the internship you would feel comfortable taking on your first client, taking on your first group, taking on a amateur athlete trying to make the pros. Like they have everything that you need in order to be successful. And when you're done that internship, if you got a recommendation letter from Mike Boyle himself, you could work at any facility in the world. Like you wouldn't even have to worry about getting a job after because of that recommendation letter. Now, the other place I would highly suggest is Exos. Uh, I believe they're out of Arizona, so very similar to what Mike Boyle does. Um, Exos trains primarily very high-end athletes to either prep them for the NFL Combine or if they were a hockey player trying to make the pros. And again, you're exposed to high-level athletes, high-level coaches. If you go on those two websites, Exos and Mike Boyle, and you are really serious about getting into the industry, I would hop onto that internship as fast as possible because they do fill up. And every year that goes by, their facilities get more busy, more popular. And I could see down the road that eventually um, 
they'll you know have a wait list of people they'll eventually have to close their doors for interns and have a wait list of you know one or two years so i would jump on that really quick um the other thing i like is uh mentorship so if you are not able to go into you know an internship at mike boyles or exos like go find a local trainer in your area that is doing some amazing things and just ask them or you know what like i would contact them through instagram facebook or whatever it is and be like hey i've seen your stuff i um really like what you're doing i would love to learn more would you let me shadow you for the for like a day and if this trainer is not an asshole he or she will be like of course no problem you can come to my gym and hang out and see what i do if you get that opportunity i would jump on that like a just just jump on it just jump on it and learn as much as possible like i would get in there and you know morning till night learn as much as possible and at the end of the day or the next day i would follow up with that trainer and be like what is it going to take for me to be an intern with you and i think if you intern like an internships and mentorships are overlooked in this industry like again back in the day i wish i had someone or thought of the idea to reach out and be like i want to be your intern if i have to get you coffee every single morning i don't care i just want to learn as much as possible and that's literally like the cliff notes like if you found a trainer with 15 years experience and you intern with them for three months imagine how much you would learn from that one individual from the 15 years because they're just going to tell you the stuff that works rather than you going you know day to day trying to figure out what's you know um working and you know you, you wouldn't have to make the same mistakes then you know you find something awesome you're like okay i'm gonna implement it in my business and then it doesn't work and you're like ah shit i'm three hundred dollars down the hole because my marketing campaign just didn't work but if you had someone to mentor you into where you want to be then you don't have to make the same mistakes and you're actually going to be years ahead of the other trainer that didn't go for a mentorship or internship so i highly suggest reaching out to coaches in your area that you know have a great online business they have a great in-person business they've been in you know, active on social media, they blog all the time, they have a long list of clients, and they've been just doing really great things. And that would give you so much like insider information, inside like tips of how to structure your own career. And it's something that a lot of people don't do. And if you look into the industry of how many people have done that, because you know, over this year and a bit of podcasting, you know, talking to my guests afterwards and learning that they actually reached out to another coach that they looked up to and they kind of took them under their wing. And it just so happens that person I interviewed that was, you know, then intern for the other coach they looked up to, they're doing amazing things too. So there's a pattern there. Go look for someone that you know, or maybe they're just online. Like that's the beauty of you know social media now like if you have a coach that you really look up to add them on facebook and don't be a creeper where you add them on facebook and don't message them at all 
because they're not going to accept that friend request. Send a friend request, be like, hey, my name is whatever. I've been following your work for a couple years and I would love for you to accept my friend request because I just want to learn more. They will accept it, no problem. And, you know, reach out once in a while. You'd be surprised how many coaches that have been in the industry forever will actually take the time to answer your DM, your email, or whatever it is, because that's just making our industry better. And there are some coaches, like I'm not gonna lie, that you know you can reach out to and they'll never answer you back. And I've run into this a bunch of times where I want a certain coach on my podcast, reach out to them, no email, no message, or even like I'll message them on Facebook and I can see that they read the message and I followed up with them a couple times, they still read it and they didn't answer back. Whatever, that's their deal. But you wanna be surrounded with your you know, people that are willing to help others. And that's the one big issue in our industry right now is a lot of coaches are in competition with themselves when reality is like, if you actually took the time to help other coaches, then the industry itself would be better. Like whatever goes around comes around. Like I don't understand why coaches feel like they need to um, be in competition. Like you're just, you're making things worse for everybody. But um, that would be a big, big thing is look at internships or mentorships with a coach uh, in your area or even online because a lot of coaches would love, love to give their expertise and opinions of how to help you. Um, Going down that route after internships, um, I would look at different options for continuing education. So after you've done your you know, first certification, you've done your internship and you're getting your feet wet into the industry, I would look at you know, a certification like the RKC or the Strong First to get your kettlebell certification um, just because it's another service you can add. Like when I look at certifications, I look at how can I better service my clients and how can I also get my return on investment on this? So something like the RKC of Strong First, you know, you get to learn a new skill. You get to learn a whole new set of exercises, a whole new set of coaching cues, like everything that you can better service your clients. But now you can add your own kettlebell class to your coaching schedule. You can create your own kettlebell program online you can create videos on what you learned you can create marketing campaigns on what you learned like there's so many different possibilities and then the other one that i really like is the usaw which is a olympic weightlifting um certification and the other thing i should mention is like the kettlebell and um the usaw certifications are all hands-on and i think that's one of the things you should look for is certifications where, you know, they're hands-on and you don't just sit there and you get a little certificate at the end that you completed it, right? Like you should be able to show proficiency in the movement or whatever you're learning so then you can teach it to your clients. Um, So yeah, the USAW, just to have that under your belt. Um, I would also dabble in like powerlifting because it's another avenue where you could create a class 
for your clients, create a powerlifting team so you can bring people into your gym, bring people from the online space where they want to learn more about powerlifting. Because now the way that I think is like whatever certification I take, what can I do for my clients and what can I do for my business? Like those two things go hand in hand. So if I were to start a powerlifting team, I would go out and reach out to any coach in my area that has a lot of experience, has done meets, go see them how they train, go see how they train their clients and bring all of that to my side. So I was reading a book uh, recently, I just finished and I'm super pumped because it's my last book of the year that I had to finish to be able to get 20 in. And um, in Conscious Capitalism, they were talking about the uh, original founder of Walmart, what he did. So he had a lot of competitors. So rather than just focusing on what he did best, he actually spent a lot of time going to other businesses that was in direct competition with Walmart and just to see what they did well. So if you guys remember Kmart back in the day, the CEO, not the CEO, the founder of Walmart would actually spend a lot of his time in different Kmarts across the country to see what they did well. And then he made a remark in the uh, book that he spent more time in Kmarts than the actual founder of Kmart himself. And that made a lot of sense to me. It's like, that's what this should be. This, this is what um, our industry should be. Like other coaches like learning from each other. And this is why I have my podcast. Like I ask, like, how do you coach a person? Like, what do you do um, to, you know, get a person from point A to point B? Like, what's your method? Because most of the time it's pretty similar, but there's maybe like one or two things that hasn't been done in your own business or in your way of training. And you're like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. I can do that too. And that just makes our industry that much better. So why not take a day or two at another gym that might be, you know, two blocks away from the one that you work at just to see what they do. And if they are decent human beings, they're going to be like, yeah, sure. You can come by and check out the space and, you know, see how it goes. And I think that's something that is often overlooked, you know, like they, People don't think outside the box. They kind of just think for themselves. And that's one of the things that people need to start realizing is that the more selfish you are in this industry, the less ahead you're going to get. Like, think about the person you want to help. Think about, you know, why you started in the first place. And this is where I start rambling, but figuring out your why when you first started in this industry is what's going to get you through. And I think a lot of people in this industry or think about this getting into this industry, if you are not bleeding passion out of you to help others, then this is not an industry for you. Like <laughs> our industry has the highest turnover rate in a lot of different professions compared to other professions because people, when they get into it, they realize how difficult it is to make a living off it. If you look at the typical work schedule of a trainer, they're training from 6 a.m. to 12 p.m. and then having a midday break and coming back to the gym at 4 p.m. all the way until 9 p.m., 8 p.m. or whatever it is. 
you know, Monday to Friday. And that causes a lot of burnout. And then the typical trainer, if the client doesn't show up, they don't get paid and the summer comes around, everyone's gone on vacation, you're making less money and it's really easy to be burnt out and look at different career options. So you need to learn as much as possible to make this a career where you can actually really enjoy. And anytime you have those tough days or tough months, tough years, where you feel like you're not progressing whatsoever, always remember back to why you started in the first place. And if you can't remember or you don't understand what your why is, then maybe this is not the profession you're supposed to get into. But anytime I'm at a stall at my career, anytime I feel like I'm not making any progress, like I'll literally sit down and take a second to be like, why did I start in the first place? And that fire inside of me starts burning up again. And I'm like, okay, now I know why. I'll push through another 14, 16 hour day to help others. And, you know, this profession can get really exhausting because you're always taking other, um, taking care of others than yourself. And this is where trainers can go into a place where, you know, they used to train seven days a week and now they're not training at all. And it's been three months, they're gaining weight and they're like getting depressed and they're like, what the hell's going on with me? So it's a very, very tough industry to stay in. But when you get past the two-year mark and you're making a living, then you are meant for this industry. And it's not what, you know, those certifications online tell you that, oh, you're going to make 100 bucks an hour and you can make six figures in your first year. Like, that doesn't happen. Like, it's a lot of freaking work. Just like this whole online training thing. There's so many people out there promoting that they will want to become an online coach but you don't really know how difficult it is to become an online coach and have a successful business online because I would I would say this and probably a lot of coaches that I know would say the same thing is that having an in-person business is so much easier than an online business. Just think about that. Like if you are ready to put in two to three times the amount of work you did in your in-person business to online, then yeah, sure, go for it. But it's really difficult to make that switch to online completely because it just you know you just need more time you need more of everything you need two of you in order to do a one-person job so that's the other question I got a, a lot and I'm happy that my rambling got to me got to this point but you know I had a lot of newer coaches like oh so how do I get onto the online space it's like well you kind of want to build your own like in-person business where you feel comfortable start promoting yourself as an online coach and as clients start filtering in it's going to take a while unless you have a huge marketing budget in order to do that and then you can slowly make the switch but that's a whole another topic that i don't really want to get into but um where was i certifications um the other like certifications that I'd recommend getting is something like uh, Precision Nutrition Level 1 and 2. I personally have my Level 1 and I absolutely love the content. It was so, I wouldn't say easy, it was just the journey of it was, um, it was fun. It, it made learning fun and I really want to get my Level 2, but again, it's, um, I believe it's a full year course where like every day you're doing something so you got to make sure you actually have time for it and um 
it will just kind of take your coaching to the next level because I think when I first started, you know, talking to someone, wouldn't you wouldn't think that it's that difficult to do. It, it shouldn't be, you know, um, a struggle to connect with somebody. So a lot of personal development has to come into this profession. And if you don't do that, the clients that you are training are going to leave. Like you need to have a personality that can connect with so many different people. And that was one of the things that I learned the hard way is that, you know, you think you have a great personality that you can connect with anybody. But then when you start training in the industry and you know that person you're training at 6 a.m., is grumpy they have to go to work they have to do this they have to do that and they're not giving you any feedback during the hour how do you communicate with that person like i always tell people that you almost have to be a chameleon in this industry in order to do well so again you can get as many certifications as you want but that doesn't mean shit when it comes to getting someone to success and you know all certifications do is give you more tools in the toolbox of different exercises and i tell this to like clients where you know any coach can make someone tired you know i can tell a person go do 100 burpees that's going to make you sweat that's going to make you hate me and i'll be like gritting my face because you're tired but it takes you know the next level coach to make someone better and if you really think about that you know you go to five different certifications in a year and you have all these exercises to kill people and um, like that that doesn't mean anything like how do you make someone better how do you change someone's life around how do you change you know 20 years of bad habits in somebody with one hour a week with them like how are you going to do that and that's right down to like the business side like if you're able to keep clients more than three months, then you're doing something well. If you have someone coming in for three months and then that's it, then you did something wrong. Um, the other certification that I would um, suggest is the FRC. Um, again, it's a lot of mobility stuff. You can use what you learned to the FRC to teach to your clients to give them better movement because every general population person moves like shit. They have tight hips, they have tight backs, their shoulders are messed up, they probably had a knee injury. So the FRC is one of those things that you can help uh, combat that. And at the same time, when you think about the business side, as I always think, it's like a it's like a little switch going back and forth on the business side. Now you have a mobility class that you can give to people. So again, how I think is how can I make my clients uh, benefit? How can I benefit my business? And my why is to help as many people as possible. So is this certification gonna do that? So if I'm doing a class of 20 people as a mobility thing, then I'm helping more people. That's worth the two, $3,000 of a certification that I should take. And you'll notice that when you get through this industry, almost every single year there are more certifications, more courses. So you really need to be picky to see if, you know, they are worth your while of what you're doing. Um, 
the whole idea of continuing education in this industry is by far um, really, really important. And if you're not learning on a daily basis, then again, you are going to be left behind and you will see your career kind of basically diminish over time. Um, So my big thing is always having a book to read. And I kind of filter between... Actually, before I even get to that, a lot of coaches in the beginning will read so much fitness books, which is great, but you should probably alternate between a fitness book, business book, personal development book, that those three, just back and forth. Because that, that was one of the biggest mistakes I did was my first couple of years in the industry, I read every single fitness book that you could think of Every article, every blog was just all fitness related and nothing about personal development, nothing about self-awareness, nothing about, you know, becoming a better you to help others. And that is one big caveat that I would, you know, say over and over again, don't zero in on one thing in the industry and only pay attention to that because you're leaving a lot of stuff behind that can better help other people. So if you, uh, like I wrote down a list of books that um, I would recommend any coach or new coach or someone getting into the industry to like write down. So if you're watching right now or listening, I would pick out like a pen or paper or whatever you have to write down something. Um, these were the books that I was actually looking at right before I went on this um, podcast episode and Facebook Live and Instagram Live. Um, and I was just looking through my bookshelf. So the ones that I'm going to put down kind of had a big influence on me and how I think right now and how I conduct business. Um, so the first one... the the first one uh, is Essentialism. And, you know, I read that book probably two years ago. And to this day, like, I still think about what I learned in that book. And basically, when you get into this industry, you will say yes to every opportunity to the point where your day becomes from 5 a.m. to 9 p.m., and somehow you realize like, oh shit, I'm burnt out. Like, what am I doing? So essentialism basically teaches you how to say no in a way that doesn't come off offensive or like a douchebag or whatever. Um, so essentially, if I had to summarize that book, if someone asks you to do something and if it's not a, um, if it's not a, uh, a hell yes, then it's a no. So keep that in mind when you go through your, you know, industry and um, if it's going to benefit you, your clients and your business, then you should do it. If it's just something extra, then it's probably not worth your time. And now it's one of the biggest mistakes that I did. I would always take on so much during the year and didn't even think twice to say no or like let me like think about it for a day before I answer so I would definitely read that um the new rules of lifting books so by Alan Cosgrove and Rachel Cosgrove if you just go on Amazon and you know what I'm going to link every single book every single certification that I um 
said in this uh, podcast episode, so you can go buy them all if you wanted to. Uh, the new rules of lifting, like every single book, I would just buy that because that teaches you a lot about um, programming. So that's one of the biggest um, essentials you need as a coach is learn how to program properly. And literally with new rules of lifting, there's different versions of it because there's like new rules of lifting for men, for women, uh, for abs, for, I can't remember all the other names, but in the back, they actually show you how to build workouts with the exercises provided. So when I first started writing programs, I bought all these books. I'm like, oh, this is gold. So now I have templates. Like I would create a template for my clients, whatever their injuries were, I would adjust it and now I got a program. So that saved me a lot of time. So that's the other thing you need to think about is invest in things that are gonna save time in your business and your career. And speaking of injuries, the other certification that I'd highly recommend is the FMS. So for people who don't know what it is, it's the functional movement screen. And essentially it gives you a blueprint of how people move. I've been using this probably since the beginning of my career. And I believe there are two levels and an unofficial third one. So I believe you can do your level one online and level two has to be in person but it will give you an idea of asymmetries, injuries, and how people move and how they should move in order not to injure themselves down the line. So any new client that I get, um, I will put them through the movement assessment and hang on, I'm gonna like the people who uh, commented on my, uh, my Facebook Live. Um, yeah, so I take someone through the FMS, it gives me a blueprint of how they move and what I should look out for. So an example, if you don't know what the FMS is, if someone's squat looks like a melted candle, then you probably shouldn't be loading their squat. So it's a very bulletproof way of how to program. So that goes back to the book of um, from the Cosgroves is that if you have an overhead press and an FMS shows that people can't even lift their arms up without any pain, maybe you shouldn't be doing shoulder presses. Um, the other book I would recommend is Tools of Titans by Tim Ferriss. So if you follow his podcast, he basically put together a book of every single person that he's interviewed and basically gave you the cliff notes to their success. So the Tools of Titans are basically people in the entire world that do really, really well in their you know area. So you had people like Tony Robbins on there, Navy SEALs, he's had... Uh, uh, Jamie Foxx, he's had producers, people in the tech world, investors, like so many different people, and you kind of get a gl glimpse into their life of what they do really well. And it was just interesting to see um, how these individuals, you know, live their day-to-day -day life and what they did. And like the common theme was like everybody woke up early, everybody did some sort of form of exercise or meditation, everybody read, everybody would you know spend some time on developing their writing skills so all those like common themes are like oh maybe i should be doing that if someone like tony robbins is doing it like it kind of makes sense so again like i like cliff notes of successful people and then try to mimic their success so that's another big one um another book called unbecoming a leader and that's more of a personal development book 
And again, like I suggested earlier, all coaches should go from a fitness book, personal development to a business book. Um, I also like autobiographies. So the Steve Jobs, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and the one that I'm reading right now is Winston Churchill. So all those guys who created empires behind them, like just learning about their day-to-day life again, kind of like Tools of Titans, will give you an insight of how hard you need to actually work to succeed in this industry. Like if you think of becoming a trainer so you can wake up at 10 a.m. and work for only three hours, then probably this uh, industry is not for you. Um, The tipping point was also good um, on writing well. So if you are a coach in this day and age, writing is so important. And in high school, I sucked shit when it came to writing. I would never get anything higher than a C in English class. And I always sucked at it. And when I first started in the industry, I never wanted to write a blog. I never wanted to do anything like that. And that was my biggest, one of my biggest mistakes. If I started writing, like the moment I started in the industry, like I would be so far ahead in my career if I just did that. And only recently, probably the last um, two years or so, I started writing a lot and one of the things that I actually use is a thing called Grammarly which is a plug-in to your uh, laptop where anytime you type in any kind of open field it will automatically correct grammar spelling sentence structure it'll give you suggestions how to make you know their sentence a little bit stronger it'll give you it'll tell you if you've been using words too often how to switch them up like it improve my writing so much again i am not a good writer but just by using it for the last two years has changed the writing game for me and i highly suggest you practice writing it's gonna suck shit when you first start but it will get better um the other good book is good to great uh it's probably one of the best business books out there it basically followed i think they like followed around 100 companies that did well and then out of nowhere within like a 10 year span they went to extraordinary their sales doubled tripled whatever it is and this one guy decided to do a research project to see what those companies did in order to see that success so i really like books like that where they give examples of companies that do really great amazing things and then learning like one or two things of what they do and what i can implement to my business changes a lot um the lichpin by seth godin is really good so if you are a coach that is looking to work for somebody then having their own business then this is the book for you so essentially the concept of this book is most businesses if you go to work for somebody you're basically a cog in the machine right it just spins around and does the daily routine or whatever and it's so easy to replace because if that cog is not doing its job you take it out you plug somebody else into that job so you want to become the lichpin and essentially what that is um you're un like you can't be replaced you want to be unreplaceable in your work so going above and beyond and showing your employer that you can be that person where you can't be replaced They'll pay you more, they'll respect you more, and 
you'll have more freedom in that job than anybody else, right? That gives you security in your job. You are looked up to as a leader and it's where your career should go. You shouldn't be a person that, you know, you've been working at a job for a couple of years, you know, you're not really caring and your employer sees that and the next thing you know, you're let go because they hired a younger coach, they are paying them less and now, you know, you have nothing, right? So you want to become a person that can't be replaced. Um, the ultimate sales machine, if you have no sales experience whatsoever, this career is so important to know how to sell. And I think I said this on the show once or twice, but I am the worst salesman. This is, this is my pitch. A person comes in, They've seen me online, they've heard good things from another client, and they go, you know, I'm interested in personal training, I wanna do X, Y, and Z, this is my goal, blah, 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 awesome. So the first thing I tell them, I am the worst salesman ever, I'm gonna tell you exactly what you need based on what we, you know, talk about today. And one of the stories I always give to new clients is, I had a person come in, and they were super, super pumped to, you know, um, just get started. And they're like, I want to train five days a week. And I'm like, awesome. When was the last time you've done that? They're like, never. I'm like, let's start with one day a week. And they were almost like confused. Like, why, why only one day a week? And I'm like, well, if you look at everybody in the entire world where they wanted to start exercising and they went every single day of the week, by the first week or second week, they end up quitting because it's too hard, their body's sore, and they don't like waking up early, they don't like doing this, and blah, 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 blah. Why not start with the baby step, make that a habit, then add a second day, a third day, and so forth. And they're like, oh, that makes sense. I've done this with every single client that I've ever had from the beginning, and I've had clients since day one. I've had clients like the... I think the newest client I've had has been two years now, right? Like I have people sticking with me because of that idea. Start with one day a week, make that your primary focus, make that a habit. And now your you know, lifestyle is starting to change. You're starting to feel good. And every single client I've ever had in my life would come to me and ask, can I get a second day in? And the moment that I see that, you know, like switch in their head, they are serious about making this as a lifestyle change. Those clients that start with that one day a week and are kind of just all over the place where, you know, they show up for two weeks in a row, they're off for one. They show up three weeks in a row, they're off for a month. They are your red flags that you need to, you know, latch on to to make sure they're successful. And a lot of times if you can't, then they're almost like a lost cause. It's just not their time. They weren't ready for it. And their life wasn't ready to make that switch into a lifestyle change. So um, I would definitely, definitely change up the way you do sales. And the Ultimate Sales Machine book is one of the uh, books that kind of change and open my mind on that. Um, there's a book called Lean Habits by Georgie Fear. So if you are at all interested in nutrition, like this is the book to get. It makes so much sense. It's supported by research and 
you can actually read the research because they note it in the book. And there's actually a lot of books that are even like New York bestsellers where they claim that this diet's the best thing ever and they claim something and they don't even have supporting research for it. So it was nice to see a book um, that did that. So if you would want to call bullshit on whatever claim that Georgie said, you can actually look it up on PubMed or whatever research outlet you have out there. Um, but basically lean habits is how I coach nutrition, all habit-based. I don't really focus on macros or anything like that because general population would absolutely hate tracking calories and macros every single day of their life when they have kids, when they have their own work, when they have other responsibilities in life. And then the next thing you're telling them is to make sure that they're getting 143 grams of protein in their day. They're going to be like, I'm going to fuck you. I don't really care. Um, whereas habits is a different approach where, you know, for example, you're habit for them is to get three meals in a day with just protein and that's the only thing they need to focus on that's more achievable than making sure they get 143 grams of protein in the day it just makes more sense um the other book is start with why simon sinek so if you were here earlier on facebook live and instagram live i was talking about figuring out what your why is and always thinking about it and this book kind of explains that whole theory um, another fitness book that you should get is anything that Dan John has written. Um, for those who don't know who Jan Dan John is, he, I kind of call him the grandfather of fitness. He has been around forever. And if you read anything from him, it just makes sense. This is what I would look for as a coach is authors and people in the industry that just make sense. They're not kind of covered in scientific fluff to make them appear more intelligent you know like people that are humble and dan john's one of those people where if you emailed him today probably within 24 hours he would email you back with a full-on response and he's been in the industry for probably 30 years and he does not think that he is this high-end trainer in the industry and doesn't have time to talk to people so look for people that are actually real and genuine in this industry and follow their work. Um, the other person you should follow that's a, a must is Dr. Stuart McGill. If you do not know who he is, you should better Google him and get his book called The Ultimate Back Performance. So if you are working with any type of client, definitely, definitely get his book. So many of us have lower back issues and to understand what happens to the lower back, what happens to the spine, this book is what you need. Um, it's just going to change the like view of how you train clients and maybe some of the exercises you've been doing are actually making things worse for your client. So you will learn very quickly what to do and not to do. Um, the other book that any coach should read is Ignite the Fire by John Goodman. I've been following John Goodman's stuff since I started, and it's probably the best stuff out there when it comes to business, training clients, and just building a career out of training. And um, those are all the books I'm going to say right now because it's going to be a long list of links I'm going to be posting. Um the other thing you should check online is the Personal Trainer Development Center, also by uh, John Goodman, where literally every week they have free articles from 
a lot of different coaches around the world. And, you know, when I first started, that was kind of my go-to for continuing education where, you know, every Sunday made some coffee, would go on their website for an hour and just read as much as I could, take out one or two takeaways, and then maybe start implementing it to my business. Um, the other thing I want to bring up is this whole idea of social uh, media marketing. There's a lot of stuff out there, but I would highly suggest you looking up Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, you can go see every single keynote speech he's ever done on his YouTube channel and learn everything you need to know about social media marketing. You don't need to go to courses. You don't need to pay someone to do it. Just literally go on his YouTube channel and watch a couple of videos and you'll know what I mean when it comes to learning everything there is. And um, the other big thing I want to talk about is networking. 100, 100, 100% take the time to network with other coaches. This is the one of the reasons why I do a podcast is now I can talk to other coaches that I look up to. Um, man, we're almost at an hour. I can keep talking about this stuff. Um, I would highly f suggest finding one um, conference to go to every year. So last year was the Perform Better in Long Beach for me, and that was one of the best experiences ever. In the years previous, I went to another local one where it was a two or three day conference where it was a huge handful of speakers, a lot of coaches in the area, and just being able to connect with them down the road will help your career. Um, and not only networking with other coaches, network with physios and chiros because that's a huge referral source for you. And having a team of like medical professionals around you will make you that much more credible, that much more valuable to your client. And, you know, anytime a client I that comes up to me and says, oh, my knee hurts, oh, my elbow, whatever, I'm like, perfect, go see this chiro, go see this physio, go see this massage therapist. And, you know, they will get better. They will see that you actually care about them. They will stay with you longer. That Cairo physio or massage going to be like, oh my God, this trainer is actually sending me referrals. They now feel like they should send people to you. And it just goes back and forth, right? And that's how you build your own kind of community and support group for um, your clients. And uh, I'm trying to think what I can talk about the last five minutes here. Um, I, I, I put a lot of information and I'm trying to think what else I can add in. Um, I think the best thing I can probably say is if you have any questions or anything that I didn't cover, because I literally put my whole career and what I learned and what you, other people should do in this one hour, and I feel like I could probably talk for another three and, um, yeah, reach out to me and let me know if there's anything that I did not cover and anything you want me to elaborate on more. Maybe I'll do like another Facebook live video, not a podcast episode and cover that topic because I can go more in depth on what continuing education you should be doing, what other certifications you should kind of keep your eye on and, 
you know, any other topic when it comes to that, building your business, building your online brand, building, you know, a successful in-person business, how you should structure your payments, how you should structure X, Y, and Z. And I think for now, this is kind of a good start. Maybe I'll do a part two, maybe, you know, a video, whatever. Um, but I think this is a good place to start and I'm going to end it here. So for everybody on Facebook, thank you for watching and listening me to me ramble on about my career, what to, you know, learn what to uh, look out for when it comes to becoming a successful coach. And thank you for everybody on Instagram as well. So I have two going on right now. Um, thank you for joining me. And uh, I think this is going to be it. And as always, to my listeners, thank you. Thank you so much for the support. Um, as always, please, 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 please share this podcast with your friends and, fr uh, friends and family. And let's build this podcast to... 10,000 listeners per month, round five. And uh, we'll see you guys next week.